It only just now occurs to me that once again I've forgotten to think of an intro. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, I feel bad for not recording me fumbling with my very newly acquired Nintendo Switch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Greg finally has a Nintendo system. And it's uh, yeah. the most recent one, eight years after years it later. came out. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, and if you're wondering what my first game is, because it's filled with things like Mario and Zelda and Pokemon, my first game on the console is Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. I have the power of the PlayStation 3 in the palm of my hands. <laughs> All right, settle down, Otto Octavius. <laughs> Welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. Welcome to Under the Bridge. I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I'm Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And we're here to talk sometimes gaming news, sometimes comic news, generally movie news, and almost always a movie review, and this week is no exception. Yes, indeedy. We don't really have any gaming news beyond Greg's Switch acquisition. Oh, wait. You know what? There was actually a thing that happened this past week that I forgot to mention to you. Oh no, hit me with it then. Mass layoffs at Microsoft. Oh yeah, didn't they get hacked right after that? <laughs> okay, that I don't know about. I know that Microsoft laid off, I think it was like 1,900 people amongst its Xbox gaming division, which is very substantial. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. Look, all I know is they did that, and immediately the next day, Teams was acting screwy at my work, and we were getting reports of rolling outages. Nice. <laughs> I'm not saying that they got hacked immediately after that, or some vindictive ex-employee left some kind of backdoor thing that ruined them for a day. That is what I'm saying. <laughs> but no, this is a result of the Activision Blizzard acquisition, right? I believe so, yes. From what I understand... Official reasons haven't been given that much. It is re directly related to the Activision Blizzard acquisition. From what I understand, layoffs in general aren't really uncommon when it comes to merging studios together because it's the thing of like, all right, well, now we have a bunch of redundant positions. Yeah, but it's apparently very unusual to cut what roughly 8% of the overall workforce of your gaming section. 8%. 8%. Jesus Christ, this was a mistake. It sounds small, but no, that is actually a lot of people. When you're all- that's almost double-digit percentage of the staff. Yeah. Y'all don't need me to tell you that, it's basic math, but I'm saying it anyway. <laughs> yeah. While it wasn't directly related to the layoffs, because this person wasn't laid off, one of the more high-profile departures, seemingly as a result of the layoff, was Mike Yarborough um, stepping down as president of Blizzard. Ah. When previously he was- if I recall correctly, he was basically quoted as to say, you're going to have to drag me out of here. <laughs> well, I guess they did then. <laughs> yeah, like, from what I've gathered, he wasn't laid off. He left of his own volition, which in a way is worse. Because <laughs> it's like, it's one thing if you're like removed from your position, even as president of your company by the company. That's not great, but at least it's the thing of like, all right. It goes with everyone else. I think it's another thing entirely, and kind of, in my mind, maybe it's my cynicism winning, but a lot more concerning when, after being quoted as saying, you'll have to pry me out of here with force, he just goes, you know what? I'm gone, guys. It's been real. <laughs> that is something else. Now, that's a disgusting amount of jobs lost. That's 8% of the workforce. God almighty, that's, that's like, really big. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I don't really have much of a comment beyond despicable. Yeah, it's a it's a little damning, that's for sure. 
And uh, I wish I had some better comics news, but I really don't because... <laughs> this is already encouraging. Yeah, no. This is a thing that I observed that <laughs> when I saw it, all I could think was why. So, oh boy. latest round of Marvel solicitations are out, including the latest uh, epic collection of the Avengers. Epic collections are basically not quite omnibuses, but they're large collections of older issues that Marvel puts together. Mm-hmm. This one's called The Evil Reborn, and it includes, teases itself as a lead-up to, and has as its cover art, the cover of Avengers number 200. To which I say, why? What is wrong with you? As someone who doesn't know what that means, what is the significance of Avengers number 200? Alright, strap yourself in. We're in for a bad time. Mm. So, a few issues beforehand, Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel at the time, mysteriously and rapidly became pregnant. <laughs> I already hate this. <laughs> you, you can already tell this is not going to go anywhere good. Oh, no, no, I already <laughs> fucking hate this. Continue. You already know. <laughs> what year was this released again? Let me check. <laughs> 1980. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we say it like it's gotten any better. Uh... <laughs> No, the year was 1980, and Carol Danvers is mysteriously pregnant. None of the Avengers seem overly concerned about this fact. In fact, they're all very enthusiastic about the upcoming baby. Oh, wait, I think, oh, I think I remember this one, maybe. And if it's the one I think it is, it's like, why would you put that as your cover? (laughs) Because isn't this, oh, go ahead, I don't want to kill your groove. (laughs) No, no, so upon being born, the baby begins rapidly aging and is actually able to speak in in short order and Mm. ages to a kid, and then into an adult. And then dinosaurs show up, and other stuff. And while the Avengers are busy dealing with that, the kid, who's named Marcus, who's now an an adult, is is putting together some kind of weird machine, and then Hawkeye puts a stop to it. And then we get the horrifying truth of what this is, which is that Marcus was born in the dimension of Limbo, trapped there, unable to go anywhere. He decided, though, he could be reborn through the use of an Earth woman, and he brought Carol Danvers to his dimension without her knowing about it, quote-unquote wooed her with a little Mm. bit of assistance that I'm not saying was, oh god, this just gets grosser and grosser. Yeah, no, I think I know which one this is. (laughs) Functionally impregnates her, so he could be reborn through her, but unfortunately, his presence on Earth was causing a bunch of space-time distortion nonsense, and the machine was supposed to stabilize it. So, with no other option, he decides to go back to Limbo, and Carol, for some reason, decides to go with him, declaring that she's in love with him. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> it's that's very just, gross. It's even disgusting. worse, none, none of the <laughs> Avengers do anything about it. Is this the one where, like, everyone's like, oh, Carol, you should be so happy, and she's like, are you fucking serious right No, now? no, <laughs> no, she's fine with it until she comes back and then points out, y'all fucking suck! This guy was clearly mind-controlling me, and y'all did fucking nothing! Hmm. Beast was like, yeah, I'll be a teddy bear for the kid, fuck you! <laughs> I'm gonna go hang out with the X-Men now! At least mm. they won't stab me in the back until they do, because they take in Rogue, who ruins my life. <laughs> no, gross, gross issue. And the even wor- the even crazier thing is they were getting complaints about it even back then, after really? the issue came out, pointing mm. out that it was an actually really disgusting thing what had been done. <laughs> 
So why the flying fuck would you advertise that? I'm not yeah. against reprinting it. I'm not against including it in the collection. I don't believe in removing it just because it's incredibly problematic in hindsight. But you don't put it front and center on the goddamn ding-dong cover! Yeah, because it's the thing is like, yeah, we have all these amazing issues with all these amazing characters and their wonderful stories across the Avengers and everything else that we have done for the past, like, 80 years. And this is the one we're most proud of. Ugh. <laughs> Nasty. Yeah, that's not a good look. <laughs> no call for this. Ugh. I'm, I'm extraordinarily disappointed. I sound like I'm laughing. That's only because I'm uncomfortable. No, I mean... I'm not going to get into, like, conversations I have outside of the podcast, but lately I have come to terms and really hate how I will laugh at things not because they're funny, but because they're disgustingly absurd. So to that, uh, literally disgustingly absurd. So to that end, I understand, Cody. <laughs> Thank you, I needed that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a weird, gross, baffling decision that I cannot wrap my head around. Mm, maybe it's like, you know, we'll sell through controversy. <laughs> You would have gotten it anyway. Nerds will buy it anyway. I'll eventually buy it. Yeah, as I say, like, if someone at Marvel, if that is actually their thought process, I would be like, dude, you're fucking Marvel. Your name literally sells it on its own. <laughs> no, not in the comics, at least. The, the comics industry is, um, it's on not fire. dying, but <laughs> it, it, it'll probably never claw its way back up to where it was before the speculator bubble in the 90s burst the whole fucking thing. So what I'm hearing is that the comics industry is a slow-burning version of Uncle Ben. <laughs> you didn't have to do it to him like that. <laughs> you went silent, so I was like, did I just kill him? <laughs> no, I've been giggling like an idiot this whole time. That's the only one who fucking dies. <laughs> <laughs> only one who dies and stays dead. And stays dead. <laughs> well, and the Waynes, but I'm... <laughs> Fair. Then again, Flashpoint Batman was running around, and he's Thomas Wayne, but it's an alternate universe, so that doesn't really count. What? <laughs> yeah, I've no, been no. over this, haven't I? I mean, you probably have, but I probably... I'm not doing it again. I say I probably got upset and then just removed it from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. Mm. We move on to something else. Oh boy. After constantly slamming Warner Brothers for canceling movies that were already filmed, mm -hmm. now we get to turn our attention to Netflix. Oh boy. They've scrapped the release of the Halle Berry starring science fiction film The Mothership, mm. which finished filming in 2021. Why? Yeah. It's, it's been done for like two years. <laughs> All I'm seeing is that there were multiple delays in post-production and now the movie couldn't be completed. Based on what? Well, that's from the Variety article reporting that it was cancelled. Jesus. I've, I've heard this and I haven't been able to substantiate it, but I've heard it might be because uh, the, the summary is Halle Berry's character's husband mysteriously vanishes from their rural farm. One year later, Barry's character and her children discover an extraterrestrial object underneath their home, which hopefully leads them to discover the truth about the Patriarch's disappearance. What I've heard is that they needed to do reshoots, but they kept getting delayed, and now the kids are too old to do the reshoots. 
Boy, there's nothing wrong with a boy gr- digging up his alien spaceship. It builds character. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta watch more of that. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, My Adventures of Superman is really good. Yes. Can't gush about that enough. But no, I can understand that, but also, like, if the movie's basically done, just, I don't know. It, it, it hasn't been set up they're writing it off for taxes like Warner Brothers is attempting to do. I gotta imagine they're gonna try to recoup some money off it so it wouldn't surprise me. Right. But... Yeah, no, that's not a good look. Yeah, no. Gosh, if Netflix is starting to cancel stuff that's already been made, we're in trouble. Mm, so the comics industry is on fire, and now the digital movie media industry, well, it's been on fire. <laughs> yeah, this is not, <laughs> it's just not shocking news in any aspect. <laughs> not in the slightest, not even a little bit. Mm. This is starting to turn into a troubling trend, though. Uh, uh, you're not wrong. I've been seeing more calls that if they cancel a movie like this, what they have should end up in the public domain. And you know what? I'm inclined to agree. I'm inclined to agree with that. Because then maybe somebody else can finish it. Yeah, or just make a parody out of it or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Steamboat Willie it. Who cares? Yeah, no. I I guess the main thing is that it has to be something. It would be hard to control, but I feel like it still has to be a thing like enter the public domain. But I guess try to figure out a way where people can't make money off of it at the same time. Starring a black and white rodent legally distinct from Mickey Mouse, because that name is still trademarked. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll call him, um, Jim. I feel like we've talked about this before. Do we know if someone's making a Steamboat Willie horror movie? Oh yeah, there's like two or three of them in the works now. Oh boy. (laughs) I think. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah, just a little. Hey, speaking of crazy, you know what could really stand for a full-length animated feature? Oh, God almighty. Um, You're never going to guess it. <laughs> I'm never going to guess it? Okay, I, I want to have at least one guess. I'll give you I'll give you three, actually. Okay, I'm assuming it's something that like is going from live-action to animated. No. Okay, is it something that's already animated? Yes. Okay. Rocket Power. No. Damn. <laughs> I'm already disappointed. <laughs> they got uh, sand in the potato salad! <laughs> I don't know, fucking Hot Wheels Acceleracers. F- what? No. Good. <laughs> okay, something that I would not guess that has already been animated that's getting an animated bullshit something or other. Oh, uh, fuck, I don't know. Ed, Ed, and Eddie? No. Okay. Oh, that's never going to happen. Antonucci's got the full rights to that. Good. <laughs> yeah. Nobody can touch it without his say-so. No, it's Bob the Builder. What? Yeah. <laughs> In, oh, like, what is it? What the fuck is it, then? Well, it's being produced by uh, Jennifer Lopez's New Yorican Productions. Okay. And it's starring Anthony Ramos. Okay. And uh, the synopsis... <laughs> <laughs> okay. The synopsis reads... When Roberto Bob travels to the enchanting island of Puerto Rico for a major construction job, he takes on issues affecting the island and digs deeper into what it means to build. Bob's journey will celebrate the vibrant and colorful textures of the Caribbean Latin nations and their people. Which you might be thinking, sounds a lot deeper than any Bob the Builder anything has any right to be. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> what a crazy world we're living in. Yeah, is this is this basically going to be like an equivalent to like the Dora the Explorer movie? God, I hope so. Because wasn't that actually like, a way more 
deep and like slightly more adult than no it no it right was, to be. i wouldn't call that movie deep in the slightest but i had <laughs> way more fun with the door of the explorer movie than i had any expectation to going in that movie was a train wreck but it was glorious <laughs> i still haven't seen that movie <laughs> we have to fix that man machete is boots <laughs> danny Trejo himself right yeah no this i i i just saw this and it's partly relevant because you know, I know Anthony Ramos from In the Heights, and he's going to be playing the hood in Ironheart whenever that finally comes out. Mm-hmm. But also just Bob the Builder. Yeah, of all things. Of all IPs. <laughs> Crazy. We got the Oscar nominations. Do we care? <laughs> Not really. Wait, what is it the one that we have a bigger problem with? Because I can't remember, honestly. Is it it's the Oscars. The Oscars. The... Oh, it is the Oscars, not the That's Emmys. the one I have a bigger problem with. You can have a problem with whatever you want. Okay. Okay, actually, no, I have a bigger problem with the Razzies, but mm. <laughs> the Oscars are still kind of a fucking sham. Fair. No, if anything else, the main reason the main reason that I care about Oscar nominations is it gives me an excuse to watch a bunch of movies that I didn't get a chance to check out because then they get a re-release. Oh, that's right. They do put these back out in theaters, don't they? Exactly. So that's the main reason why it's uh, interesting to me. Fair. Also interesting, I've I've already seen three of the five nominees for Best Animated Feature. Oh, really? Yeah. In fact, you've seen two. Okay. Because it's uh, The Boy and the Heron, mm-hmm. Elemental, mm-hmm. Nimona, right. Robot Dreams. What's Robot Dreams? I have no idea. <laughs> but hey, maybe I'll check it out now. <laughs> I've already seen three of these. What's two more? The fifth one is Across the Spider-Verse. Wait, no, the Mario movie was 2022. No, it was 2023. It was? Why is that not on the list? Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) That's nowhere near the best. Uh, I mean, it's... Are you really gonna tell me the Super Mario Brothers movie belongs on the same level as Across the Spider-Verse and a Miyazaki movie? No, uh, in terms of, like, content and all that, no, but because it's... Because of what it is, and because of how much money it is as an entity, I figured it would be on there by default. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles deserves to be on there before this movie. I do agree with that. (laughs) Even though I really, really liked the Mario movie. (laughs) I liked it too, I had a good time with it, but it is not, it's, it's the best Mario movie. Yeah. I'll give it that. (laughs) Well, I feel like that's really reductive, because the other Mario movies are not great. No, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> but this one is a competent Mario movie that feels like a decent adaptation of the games. Fair. That, But it's not, it's not great. Mm-hmm. The fact that it exists is great, but there's nothing elevated about it, you know? That's true. It doesn't do anything super exciting or new other than be a decent movie about Mario. <laughs> Fair. Whereas, even Elemental, which... I thought was good, but also mismarketed the hell out of it, and they had no idea what to focus on there. <laughs> the animation, at least, I can say, is absolutely stunning. Hmm. So, that I can see. Okay, fair. Let's see. Where's the best picture, guys? Here we go. So, oh our best picture nominees, which I'm just gonna throw out there. American Fiction. Okay. Anatomy of a Fall. Don't know what that is. Barbie. Okay. The Holdovers. Okay. 
Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm still upset I didn't get to see that. Same. I kind of wanted to try this weekend, but it's three hours long. I just don't, I don't yeah, have time. That is unfortunately, and it's upsetting because I've heard nothing but great things about the movie, but it's hard to find three hours. <laughs> right? Maestro. Okay. Oppenheimer. Okay. Oppenheimer's actually got the most nominations uh, for different awards at 13 this year, I think. Wow. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Past Lives. Don't know what that is. Poor Things. <laughs> okay. And The Zone of Interest. Don't know what that is. Me neither. Apparently, I think it's a UK... It's either a UK film in German or the other way around. Okay. I'm kind of a little... Well, I mean, it it works just because it makes it insi inside that. But I'm kind of surprised that American Fiction was nominated because that was a very re late release. I mean, Poor Things was released in December, too. Uh, fair. And hell, the, it only just released over here this weekend, which is why, it, spoiler alert, it's a movie I'm reviewing later. But, <sighs> yeah, there's there was a little bit of a dust-up because Barbie got nominated for Best Picture, Ryan Gosling got nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and America Ferreira got nominated for Best Supporting Actress, but Margot Robbie didn't get the nomination for Best Actress, and Greta Gerwig didn't get the Best Director That's, nomination. That doesn't sound right. No well... <laughs> The way I look at it is, because I haven't seen, the, the the main problem is I haven't seen the other, all the other nominees, you know? Mm -hmm. I actually, now I've only seen Emma Stone and Poor Things, which, mm. yeah, I believe that, that deserved one. All I right. can, depending on how the rest of them went, it's entirely possible the other four also delivered knockout performances, and therefore, like, Margot Robbie's good as Barbie, but the acting as Barbie is, Stiff. I don't know. Like I doll. just wouldn't call it Oscar-worthy. Mm, fair. And, in the, it, I will say, it's a little unfortunate to say that this movie is one of the nominees for Best Picture, and yet despite its very heavily feminist message, mm -hmm. the director not getting a nod. Also, what even, I've said this before, what even is Best Director? What does that fucking mean? Yeah. What is the difference between Best Director and Best Picture? What is the, fucking what is that? I don't, know. I don't know. It's maybe it's best director who brings coffee and donuts to the set. Best best director who doesn't accidentally. No, I'm not going to make that joke because that would yeah. get cut. <laughs> Is it I'm a piece of garbage? That's demonstrably <laughs> untrue. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. if you look back, I, I I don't have anything to substantiate this offhand, but I'm sure if you look far enough back, you'll find you'll find directors where that is not the case. Right. But, uh, no, so, I can, I can see where it's very unfortunate, but I also don't think it's an outrage. Right. Now, Ken getting a nomination, but Barbie not, that's kind of, that's a little, I, I feel can, like their acting's about on par with each other. Yeah, it's like, a, if we're talking about just their acting, yeah, they're very much on par with each other on that aspect. I don't know, I could kind of see it being like, if it's more also into, like, the role that Ken plays in the movie, that's fine, too, but... But that doesn't have anything to do with the acting, though. Yeah, yeah, that's my thing. It's like, no, that would be a thing of, like, okay, so is there, like, a Best Writer or Writer's Team award or something like that? <laughs> Anyways, we I probably spent too much time going on about something that doesn't matter anyway. This whole award ceremony is a sham. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. It's all nonsense. We're gonna move mm. on. Right. To some casting stuff. Oh, boy. 
As of today, the day of recording, we now know who our new Supergirl is. Oh boy. And it is House of the Dragon's Millie Alcock. Alrighty. Which, I haven't seen House of the Dragon. I've seen one episode of Game of Thrones. As we just figured out prior to recording, (laughs) you've also seen just one episode of Game of Thrones. So between the two of us, we've seen two episodes of Game of Thrones, and they're the last two episodes. (laughs) We're so good at this. Real good at consuming content. We're good at consuming, like, just, like, major cultural content. <laughs> yeah, but have you, did you notice that as soon as Game of Thrones ended, everybody kind of just stopped talking about it? Yes, actually. It <laughs> was it was pretty wild, because I think it was just because of how disappointed everyone was. It's like, oh, it ended. So anyway. <laughs> Imagine if The Walking Dead does that. Hmm. Is The Walking Dead over? I believe it's over. Huh. Yeah, like, I want to say it ended within the last couple of years. Hold on. I feel like people are still talking about that, though. Probably because oh, yeah, it's got, no. like, 50 fucking spinoffs, it feels like. Yeah, The Walking Dead is has a lot more staying pa- power overall. Yeah, it ended November of 2022. Jesus. 11 seasons. <laughs> Anyways, if she's if she's been cast, that mm. implies, I think, that we're probably seeing Supergirl in a project ahead of her movie. Right. Most likely Superman Legacy. Hmm. If every other superhero showed up in it, why not her? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But I wouldn't expect her to have too huge a role. Either way, not being super familiar with this actress's work, I'm ambivalent. Right. But, I'm looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all the DC announcements that were made excite me in some form or another. And I've read Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, the book. It's quite interesting. Okay. And also really pretty. It's a very beautiful book in terms of art. Oh, that's 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 always good. You can never go wrong with good art. Yeah, not that that matters for the movie, because, you know, they'll probably just borrow some visuals, but... Mm-hmm. If they use that as a guidebook, which, why wouldn't you? <laughs> then we're in for a good time. Right. And then, I got a couple of Thunderbolts updates. Alrighty. It's apparently... It was being discussed and is now apparently confirmed that Lewis Pullman is going to be playing the Sentry in place of Steven Yun. Remind me what happened with... Oh, that's right. He couldn't make because of, like, scheduling conflicts, right? Right. He had to drop out because it kept getting pushed back because of the strikes. Right. Now, Lewis Pullman is uh, somebody who we should both be familiar with. He was in Bad Times at the El Royale, which I need to rewatch because I've forgotten so much of that movie, but I remember liking it. Yeah, same. <laughs> and also, he's Bob in Top Gun Maverick. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that's that's encouraging. <laughs> so I can see him getting the Bob Reynolds side of the Sentry down, because the Sentry is a man who is not well, and he's kind of squirrely and kind of neurotic and unsure of himself, I think, from the bits and pieces I've seen. R- right, right. I'm not overly familiar with the Sentry, because he's one of 50,000 Superman takes. <laughs> <laughs> If anything, I'm a little more familiar with Hyperion, and even then. Mm. Still, that ought to be good. I think he could pull that off well. It's also been announced that Iowa Debris has departed the project. I don't remember if it was officially announced who she was set to play, but it, was an un- it wasn't anything big. Like, it wasn't an actual pre-existing comic character. I think she was playing Julia Louis-Dreyfus' assistant. Oh, okay. But Geraldine Viswanathan is taking her place... Hmm. who I'm also not super familiar with, but she's said to be one of the leads in Drive Away Dolls. So, (laughs) 
I was excited for that based on the trailer, so she'll probably be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Thunderbolts, we'll see. I am not enthused by the roster. Right. Or by the take that they're going with. I think Thunderbolts is a lot more interesting when you do the villains pretending to be heroes shtick, and not just the Suicide Squad, but for Marvel. Hmm. Marvel Suicide Squad just... Without trying to sound mean, just sounds like a lower quality version of the Suicide Squad at that point. Right, especially because like you've got th- you've got what three super soldiers here, you've got a couple Black Widow characters, and you got Ghost. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of a the character interactions will probably be all right, but in terms of powers, it leaves a lot to be desired. Right. But that's probably on me for having a set of built-in expectations of what I wanted Thunderbolts to be, and it'll it's probably it, it's probably fine. <laughs> Yelena's in it. That's that's an okay. automatic. That's an automatic sixty percent right there. That's an automatic win. Yeah, guess we'll find out next year in July. <laughs> Jesus, mm. those pushbacks were no joke. Let's go to trailer time. Let's go to our fucking giant ass trailer time oh there's <laughs> so many yeah it's trailer time again we've got movie previews to watch it's trailer time again there's so many where do we start i mean i guess since it's not really a movie but more trailer for a series avatar this looks all right it, it looks all right they definitely got the spirit down they got the spirit down and I'll tell you what, the actors definitely have the voices down, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that there were a couple moments like when a person is talking, but they're not on screen, but because they're focusing on a different character, and I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, these voices are actually, like, on top of it. Well done. <laughs> I feel like Sokka and Zuko in particular stand out. Oh, Sokka was... Whoever is doing Sokka is doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. I'll agree to that. Mm-hmm. The bending, the form is good. Right. And the air bending and earth bending look good. Water mm. bending, all right. right. The fire bending's a little iffy to me. Honestly, that's all better than I anticipated because it's the thing of I wasn't expecting live action bending to look even remotely competent to begin with, and I've already been proven very wrong just on this trailer. Yeah, I mean we have been burned before on this. Uh, yes, no we pun have. intended. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> we mouthed off to M Night Shyamalan, and he burned our faces and said, "Go get me the Avatar." Oh, <laughs> but no, this looks. All right. It looks fun. Yeah, that's the one. I mean, look, I was skeptical of One Piece, and then One Piece came out, and One Piece was actually really good, so... Hopefully they continue that trend with this. Yeah, here's hoping. Mm-hmm. We also got a trailer for, uh, you know, let's go... Uh, let's Ghostbusters. Yeah, um, which kind of dropped out of nowhere, like, literally a few hours before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was a fun, immediate addition. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for people to call it woke, because there's How? ladies in this one. Oh, right, yeah, it's like there's ladies, and they're competent, and know what they're doing. One of which, well, carried over from the previous movie, and very quickly realized that she knew what she was doing. <laughs> I know, don't get me wrong. I know there were bigger problems with Ghostbusters 2016 beyond that. 
but mm-hmm. it really did. It, it, everybody's screaming this sucks because Lady Ghostbusters really didn't help. It also didn't yeah. help when the director basically dismissed all criticism offhand as being due to sexism because no, there were there was. What yeah, a, it was a flawed movie. <laughs> what a confusing approach mm-hmm. to lean so heavily on the legacy of the originals, but to go, nah, man, forget about it. This this ain't got nothing to do with that. <laughs> what a strange approach that was. It's like but, nostalgia bait, but not really. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a pretty disingenuous nostalgia bait. Yeah. Anyways, Ghostbusters the Frozen Empire. Walter Peck is back. Yes, he is. And he's the mayor, apparently. Yeah, you know what? I, f- I remember seeing the thing saying that Walter Peck was going to be back, and I completely forgot about it. So, when he's, like, giving them shit about Phoebe being, like, in the chair outside of Ecto-1, it's like, is that who I think it is? And it shows, it's like, oh, shit, that's right, you are in yeah. this again. <laughs> it was good to see him again. It's like seeing, not an old friend, but... <laughs> no, he is not a friend. <laughs> he is not a friend at all. It's like, it is true. This man has no dick. <laughs> that's what I heard. <laughs> I was half expecting, and I'm sure it'll be in the movie, that mm-hmm. Bill Murray's going to make some kind of crack about that. Oh, absolutely. And I will congratulate them on having the restraint not to include that in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> that is more credit than I would give Sony. I mean, it's more credit than I would give myself. I would absolutely include that in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. So he's back. It, it, it does look like the Ghostbusters team has uh, very much expanded. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think it's like eight different people have ghostbusting equipment during this trailer. Cause yeah, let's see. You got, you got Bill Murray. You got Dan Aykroyd's probably involved. You got Ernie Hudson. Mm-hmm. You got Carrie Coon. You got Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. You got the kids, of which there's two, three. I think there's three because there's three. Phoebe, Phoebe, her brother, and. I don't, I'm just going to refer to her currently because I literally do not know her name, unnamed black girl. Because it's like, she showed up in this trailer, on like, in both in this trailer and the previous trailer a couple of times, I'm like, Was okay, she but- in Afterlife? Oh, wait! I'm pretty sure she was in Afterlife. Oh, that's right, no, yeah, she's the girl that the brother's crushing on. I completely forgot about her. <laughs> yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah, it's like, alright, I was proven very wrong there. God, what's her name then? I don't remember. Yeah, because it's like, I feel like... Because she's kind of a late addition. She's a late addition, and she doesn't spend a crazy amount of time... Well, she well she's in the movie a good bit, but she's not the forefront for the most part, up until, like, the final act of the movie. Oh, Lucky. Lucky, okay. That's a weird name, but then one of the characters is just called Podcast, so... Yeah, and he was Speaking great. of, make sure to like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> Share the video around. Can really use that engagement. That's a quick... En- that was a quick transition. Well done, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to hell. <laughs> no, yeah, okay, yeah. Celeste O'Connor. Mm-hmm. That's who plays her. Okay. Jesus, that... See, I'd feel really bad, except you also didn't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now I gotta rewatch Afterlife. Honestly, same. It's a movie that I very much remember enjoying quite a lot. I like the design of the new ghost, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. Yeah. So that's exciting. And that's coming (laughs) out... Most of these are coming out in, like, March. Oh, yeah. Uh, let, let, let's bring it down a little bit. Let's talk about Sleeping Dogs. Man, I was actually disappointed in that, because I thought 
it was going to be a movie about the video game. Really? Oh, well, I'm glad I could bamboozle you. Yeah, because I, I remember there, and I actually looked it up. Apparently, someone announced, like, in 2017 that they were making a movie based on the game. And there's been nothing said about it since. So it's like, wait, it's happening? They're actually doing it? And I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, well, this is disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. This is stupid. Yeah, this is kind of dumb. Why is why is this man with very bad memory problems solving this murder? Hmm. Why do they have him on board for this? That just sounds like, a, from a legal standpoint, a monumental recipe for disaster. I mean, I like Russell Crowe, and I'll watch oh, Russell yes. Crowe in a lot of things. I'll cut a lot of slack for Russell Crowe. I saw The Pope's Exorcist just because of Russell Crowe, I have it, <laughs> Right. Did not enjoy it. Hmm. Didn't even bother to review it on here. Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't worth it. No, nah, not... Nah. Uh, actually, I think there was another reason I didn't, but... Mm. For the life of me, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I never covered it on here. Right. I don't actually remember, which just kind of... Kind of proves the point. the point. Did yeah. I cover it on my own show? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, if it wasn't for Karen Gillan, I wouldn't bother. Mm-hmm. Because she is tremendously talented. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Case in point, Nebula. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, I think a big deal in Doctor Who, but I've never seen I've never seen that. I don't think I've seen any significant amount of Doctor Who not related to um, David Tennant's tenure as, doc- as a doctor. I've seen parts of Christopher Eccleston, and I've seen the start of the first Doctor's tenure, whose name I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, well, you know what, let me just try and start from the start and see if maybe I can understand why these Daleks are supposed to be such a big deal. Because I just watched Christopher Eccleston run away from this trash can that he could just tip over. <laughs> right. And I don't understand it. No, this this looks absolutely just appallingly boring. Just not good and very boring. I can't wait to have to sit through this one. <laughs> you have fun with that. <laughs> I miss the nice guys. Why can't the nice guys get a follow-up? Well, yeah, why hasn't there just been a sequel to the nice guys? Give Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling an excuse to work together again. Yeah. Hmm. Got a couple of horror movies, including Stop Motion. Me- okay, that just feels weird. <laughs> I cannot wait for this. Yeah, that's... It's weird, because it's like... It wasn't... I was For what it is, I was expecting a lot more supernaturalness. And it feels like they did not show a lot of that in the trailer to have people go and see the movie. Which, well done. More people who cut up trailers need to do that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of it's just this woman having a mental breakdown. But mm. but I do really like the use of stop motion <laughs> in this. Yes. Yeah. Very effective. And also, like, just, there's not enough of that anymore. Yeah. Needs to be more of that. It's very un- it's very good at that uncanny sensation. Right. And when you combine it with somebody having a professional-slash-existential crisis, <laughs> probably stemming from past trauma. Right. No, I'm just, that, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't wait. This looks... Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of creative potential there. I just hope the actual movie has a little bit better contrast, because it was kind of dark and hard to actually see what was going on, I thought. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if that's intentional. Uh, maybe, just kind of make it a bit more mysterious, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movies where somebody's trying to put something together. Ah, oh, I can't wait for the part where it turns out the whole film is gibberish. 
It's just the equivalent of looking at the typewriter. It's all work and no play. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, I did not care for the Stanley Kubrick version of The Shining. Really? Nope. Huh. I say that. I say that. I only said that to, to distinguish that specific version. I don't like the Stephen King one either, just to be clear. Oh, fair. <laughs> I like the book, not the not the not the live action. I, I I don't like any of the live action attempts to interpret The Shining. Is the point I'm getting at? Right, right. But that's neither here nor there. We also got a trailer for Immaculate, starring Sydney Sweeney, and this looks like what the Nun Two could have done to be scary. <laughs> yeah. Or the First Omen. Mm-hmm. Because this actually looks kind of unsettling. Mm-hmm. Just that one bit where she's walking past the courtyard and that one body just goes tumbling off and it's in the background. Yeah, and like pretty much silence as well as it's happening. That's messed up. Yeah, quite. I like that. <laughs> and I'm excited to see what kind of a cult she's got herself involved with because yeah, it's, it's yeah. almost definitely a cult. Yeah, I'd like looking at everything and the layout and all that, it's just like, yeah, there's some cult vibes going here. No, no question on it. <laughs> No, this looks this looks proper unsettling, and after having gotten a couple of disappointing religious horror movies, I'm hoping this one might actually be good. Right. Hopefully. What's the last good religious horror movie I've seen? <laughs> I feel like that just narrows it down immensely just based on those requirements right then and there. Because The Nun 2 wasn't any good. Mm. Pray for the Devil wasn't any good. Pope's Exorcist wasn't any good. Pray for the Devil was the one where it's like, it was a big deal about the, a woman being there, right? Yeah, and, the, the the Lady Exorcist thing. And it was also the one that got renamed, like, twice. Right? It was called the Devil's Light for a bit there. Mm-hmm. The Unholy was pretty bad. <laughs> huh. Exorcist Believer. Mm-hmm. Bad. Oh. Right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, save this genre. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. That was totally on accident, too. Yeah. We also got a trailer. This one, I feel like this one's a bit more in your real house. Uh, one Life, starring Anthony Hopkins. The, yes. Uh, this is, it looks sad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it looks, looks very fucking sad. Oh, and it's, it's a biographical drama based on a true story, which means uh, automatic distrust of everything to do with it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really unfortunate. I unfortunately don't know anything about Nicholas Winton, um, the, ah. the, the gentleman who the movie is based on, but it is one of those things where given the subject matter and all that, and honestly, just like, especially I hate to say, because Czechoslovakia was a major, major part of the Central European theater in World War One or World War Two, sorry, I don't know a lot about the invasion and occupation of Prague either. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. This is definitely more at my wheelhouse, personally. I am interested in it. It just looks really goddamn sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will really say, sad. Johnny Flynn is doing, I think, a really good job acting like someone who's going to age in Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I will give you that. At a certain point, like, when they first show his younger self, I'm like, wow, that, that dude really does just look like kind of a young Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Oh, well, this is pretty sweet. Apparently, mm. Winton's daughter requested Anthony Hopkins play her dad. Oh, that's sweet. And uh, he read the script and then said yes. Oh, there you go. That's very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this, even though it's false. I'm probably going to 
destroy me internally. Right. <laughs> when is this releasing? Why does it say it's already out? Why would there be a trailer for it if it's already <laughs> yeah, out? Yeah, why would there be a fresh trailer for it? Because we... Uh, hold on. Um... Oh, that was a UK release. Okay. Uh, yeah. US release probably coming later. Yeah, let's see. March 15th. Alright, cool. So then we also got a trailer for the newest feature from Monkey Paw Productions and Jordan Peele, although he's not the director, Deb Patel's the director, Monkey Man. Sold. Sold. 100%. Sold. 100% sold. Give it to me. <laughs> I don't know, I don't want to get it wrong and kind of put the wrong culture with it, but it's like the vibes I'm getting are basically like, what, Indian John Wick? <laughs> yeah, that sounds correct. Yeah, I... Sold. Just, just 100% sold. The action looks sold. really good. Mm-hmm. And just that bit where that bit where he goes to run down the hall and jump out the window and it doesn't break. <laughs> that's the little that's the little something extra I needed. Yeah. <laughs> that's the little that's the little je ne sais quoi. The icing yeah. on the cake. Yeah, no, that's oh that's good. <laughs> that's the good shit. Right. I can't I'm a ah, looks so good. Deb Patel's also starring in it, interestingly enough, so he directed himself. Yeah. I feel like there's not really, I mean, probably for for good reason, I feel like there's not a lot of movies that have it where the main actor is also the director of the movie, too. It does happen. Hmm. Usually, I feel like it usually, it's one of those things where you usually have to see it happen relatively early in someone's career or relatively late in someone's career, I think. Right. But that feels anecdotal. I don't have a lot of evidence. Hmm. Another interesting bit, originally, Netflix had the worldwide rights to this film. Hmm. And then Jordan Peele saw it, went, no, this deserves to be in theaters, acquiring <laughs> <Good>. himself. <laughs> good. Good, yeah. good, good. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, man. The idea of seeing this on a big screen excites me greatly. Jordan Peele, you continue to be one of the greats. Jordan Peele, you continue to be the real motherfucking G. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to seeing your next directorial movie, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. And then finally, we also got a trailer for Despicable Me 4. It's hard for me to care about these movies. <laughs> okay, you know what? You know what my real peeve with this movie is? Mm. Enough time has passed that Gru now has a baby son. Yes. And none of the girls are any older. I was thinking that, actually, when I heard their voices. Like, okay, so the girls are older now, right? And it's like, okay, they look exactly the same. Like, alright, so maybe it's just a really short time between movies. And it's like, oh, baby. It's like, no. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, hold on, what? Are all these little kids, like Timmy Turner, they're just stuck at, like, their respective ages for the rest of their life? You can hear where, what's her name? Edith? The pink one. Yeah. You can hear where her voice actress has gotten older. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure we'll hear the same thing with Agnes, since she's the youngest one. But, mm-hmm. how, f- just, f- God damn it, that's just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly the level of lazy I'd expect from Despicable Me 4. Right. <laughs> and also, it, it feels like it turns into a completely different movie when the song changes. Mm-hmm. At first, it starts with Sweet Child of Mine. Mm-hmm. And then, once it transitions to Maneater, it feels like a totally different movie, and I don't know why. I can't describe it. Right. Oh, wait. Yes, I can. Why does Gru have some completely random teenage girl-looking sidekick? Because <laughs> that wasn't Lucy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. 
What a just weird, weird. Why is there a honey badger? <laughs> because fuck you, that's why. Uh. Yeah, the, I will say of all the things I know this says this is about we're talking about Despicable Me in great context here, but it's like yeah, the honey badger was kind of the part where of all the weird shit that happens in these movies, that was the part where the trailer lost me. I'll be honest, <laughs> right? Because it's like there's all kinds of weird genetic monstrosities in this world. Gru had one as a pet. Yeah. Speaking of, what happened to Kevin? <laughs> Justice for Kevin. Right. Crazy. No, I'm not looking forward to this. Not not one bit. Mm. If I can get out of this one, I will. Right. But I probably won't. Let's go to box office, finally. Oh, boy. I did not see the highest grossing movie this weekend. Alrighty. No, the highest grossing movie this weekend was actually Mean Girls. Oh, okay. Yeah, $6.9 million domestic weekend. It is currently sitting at a $60.4 million domestic total. $83 million worldwide. What's its budget? Uh, I want to say the budget was like 30 mil. Oh, okay. Then, then that's good for this movie. It at least 36 that... mil. Okay, so it's at this point it is turning a admittedly small profit. Yeah. Meanwhile, Poor Things, which is what I actually saw this weekend... <laughs> had a $2.9 million domestic weekend, putting it in sixth place. Not bad for a re-release, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's currently sitting at $24.6 million domestically for a $51 million worldwide total with a budget of 35 mil. Okay. So, um, I don't think it's making money. Probably it's not. it's not doing terrible. Yeah, it's not making money, but it's also not completely fucked. <laughs> you know what might have helped? A wider release. Because yes. this came out in what? Started December or something? Yeah. And I'm only just seeing it now because this is the only point where Showtime's actually popped up at my local theater. <sighs> and unfortunately, you didn't get a chance to see it. Yeah, no, I did not. <laughs> Tragic. <laughs> it's really good. But it's also, and I mean this literally, a weird fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right so because you say and i mean this literally is this going to be one of those things where this is very clearly like an attempt to make money off of somebody's like desired fetish or something like that i hope not or am i taking it too literally at that point <laughs> i hope not because okay it's a weird fucking movie it's a really horny movie but it i don't think <laughs> is a particularly sexy one okay which is intentional okay fair i think I mean, I guess, you know, whatever floats your boat, mm. but this movie, uh, mm. I'm, I'm probably going to have to get into spoilers, especially because some of the some of the things that feel like big spoilers actually happen relatively early on. Okay, fair. So, Emma Stone is playing Bella Baxter, a reanimated creation of, is he a doctor? I don't actually know if he's a doctor. Godwin <laughs> Baxter, played by Willem Dafoe. Alrighty. Who is himself. Kind of a weird experiment, because it turns out his dad was also a uh, surgeon who did all kinds of weird experiments on him as a kid. I feel like there's a Green Goblin joke somewhere in here. You know... <laughs> you know, I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, like, just that alone is like, there's gotta be a Green Goblin joke somewhere here. I, I was like doing my best not to. It feels like it's, like, right on the cusp. <laughs> oh, God. Technically speaking, this is the Green Goblin messing around with Gwen Stacy's corpse. <laughs> oh, <Huh>. shit. 
oh, messing around fun. in the figurative sense. Mm, that's not still, in the literal sense in this case. That's that's still kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, that's that is something, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> huh. So he hires Max McCandles, played by Rami Youssef, mm-hmm. to be his assistant, and he ends up kind of falling for Bella right off the right off the bat, which is kind of weird. As it seems to be in, in lieu of this movie. Yeah, the, the, the movie is... It, this is one of those ones where I get what it's about, but I mm-hmm. don't know what it's saying, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I understand the theme, I just don't know that I get the point. And to be fair, this is more of a, I think, intended female empowerment slash sexual liberation movie. So, probably no shit I don't get it. <laughs> I'm also not sure how great a job it does at some of those aspects because of certain things, but again, the the movie's message isn't necessarily for me except don't be an abusive dickhole. Yeah, which she should she just be like just standard human practice. Just don't be yeah, an asshole. <laughs> you think, but it's actually it's hard. <laughs> it's it's hard for some people, which is very disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also the movie does illustrate the numerous ways in which one can be an abusive dickhole. So that's helpful. Right. <laughs> that's real helpful. Mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo, pretty damn good in this. Okay. He plays a lawyer, Duncan Wedderburn. He is a... I'm No, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? That is not a real name. <laughs> there's Duncan... a guy named McCandles in here. Are you... Wait, there's a guy named McCandles? Yeah, I just said it. Oh, fair. <laughs> Yeah, man, no. This These are some weird-ass names already. <laughs> it's a weird-ass movie, man. That's it's a fair. Weird movie. As is tradition with this film, apparently. Continue. <laughs> so, Bella ends up running away for a bit with Duncan in order to go, like, see the world, have adventures, yada, yada, yada. She ran and away to up... go see his donuts. I- yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Sorry, she... I couldn't stop myself. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. She also ends up learning about philosophy and the human condition and all that, and mm. gradually struggling to reconcile her existence. Mm. So that's, it's a hard-to-watch movie sometimes. I can understand that. Yeah. Especially, okay, I'm weird about sex in movies. I don't really watch movies for sex. So when it happens, it's like, oh, okay, uh, mm. Okay, I, whatever happened, I, I can only imagine, it can't be as awkward as the sex scene in Ferrari, though. More. <laughs> How? How is that humanly possible? Well, there's a lot of it, for one. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> you did say this, this was a, an aggressively horny movie, so that does make sense. Yeah, there's a whole montage at one point, actually. There's a sex montage? <laughs> there's a sex montage. Oh, boy. But because of the circumstances, like I said, you don't really revel in it. You just It's just there, and it's awkward, and it's weird. Mm. Right. It's kind of weird. Especially because... I don't know if this counts as a spoiler, because it is very early into the movie. Right. All, all in all, you know what, I'm just gonna... We're just gonna go straight to the spoiler section? Well, I'm gonna do a little bit more of a breakdown first. Okay. The design of this movie is weird. Okay, as is in lieu with this movie. <laughs> yeah, and by that I mean it's distinctly Victorian in its means of communication and in its morals and how it carries itself. Right. But there's cable cars and most of the technology is kind of steampunk almost. 
Mm. By which I mean, it's, it's way more advanced than it should be if it was actually in Victorian era whatever. Right. So it feels like the future, but based on Victorian era stuff. Hmm, okay. It's weird like that. That actually sounds pretty interesting to look at on its own. No, it is, it is. The CGI is pretty obvious when it's there, but... Mm. But it's also very beautiful to look at. Okay. Like I said, it's aiming to be a movie about empowerment and liberation. I don't know how well it does that, but my perspective on that is, I think, less important just based on the fact that it's, you know, aiming to tackle those subjects from a distinctly more female bend. So me trying to say that this movie is correct or incorrect is ra- in how it approaches it is rather like me trying to tell you what to think about straight out of Compton. Right. Which I wouldn't want to do. Yeah. Although I will recommend that movie to anybody. <laughs> I still have to watch it at some point. It's a damn good movie. Well acted, of course, because, I mean, you yeah, got Mark like, Ruffalo, look, Emma Stone, uh, Willem Dafoe. Yes, yeah, say just the cast on its own. Christopher Abbott's in this, who I wasn't mm. super familiar with, and now I'm super excited for the Wolfman movie coming out later this year. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he replaced Ryan Gosling in that. Oh, alrighty. I would say this is definitely worth watching. Okay. It doesn't really drag, either. It's it's pretty well-paced, too. Okay. Well, yeah, because it's, like, just over two hours long, right? Two hour twenty. No. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's not the most aggressively long movie I've ever seen, personally. <laughs> no, it does introduce a weird wrinkle in the last 30 or so, mm. where maybe the movie could have ended without it, because right. it feels like it's just there to reinforce some points that were already made, mm. but it also doesn't hurt. Okay, f- fair enough there. Also, the costume design's really good, which you could probably guess based on it being Victorian in its sensibilities. Right. They are really good at weird, poofy clothes, let me tell you what. <laughs> also, this movie is dry. Dry how? It, 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 it's got a very dry... Like It's also very obscene. There's a lot of swears in it, but it's also really <laughs> sardonic. Okay. And snarky. Alrighty. And also absurd. Weirdly absurd. <laughs> And the soundtrack is interesting. The music is... Especially the soundtrack when sex scenes are happening. It's weirdly, like... <laughs> lilting and bubbly and sinister all at the same time. For whatever reason, my brain has autofoed it where... During, like, the sex montage, there is a Victorian version of I Need a Hero playing. No, absolutely not. What are you <laughs> fucking on about? I mean, I don't know. I think, for me, that in my brain, that sounds hilarious. <laughs> So in that sense, I'll say Poor Things is definitely worth checking out. I I liked it, and I would actually be willing to watch it again. Hey, there we go. And if you don't want to get spoiled, make sure to click away in 3, 2, 1. So the the twist that I wasn't sure if it counts because it's revealed very early in Mm. is that the body who Bella used to be was a woman named Victoria Blessington who jumped off a bridge while pregnant. Oof. And Godwin, Willem Dafoe's character, put the baby's brain in her body. Ooh. (laughs) So you can see where I feel like there's something deeply, profoundly not cool about how much the movie leans into sex. Yeah, that's... that is a bit problematic. (laughs) And I assume... It's probably, I, I, I would assume it's tied to the fact that she's actually got an adult body and therefore probably adult hormones. Mm. 
I mean, I don't want to get into the biology because the biology's fucked. The guy's sewing a pig head onto a chicken or some shit. <laughs> so, like, there's no actual science involved here. No, God, no. And I suppose there's a message to be made about how objectification of women in general is wrong, and that I 100% agree with. But, let's be real, there's a world of difference between being attracted to a adult woman hmm. and being attracted to a goddamn child. Yeah. Y- and yeah, I... Ever. Very Cannot so. stress enough, the latter is not okay. Is not okay in the slightest. So, in that sense, mm. I don't really know why they did that. I don't really know that it was necessary. Okay, because I was, was going to ask, is like, do you think any of that played into like any of the messages or themes of the movie as far as like sexuality and objectification or anything like that? I think it's more an explanation for why Bella the- starts out the way she does. Okay. But she transitions to an adult understanding so quickly Mm. that it doesn't feel necessary. And it feels like it's trying to make a point that I would hope doesn't need to be made. Mm. So she goes and runs away with uh, Duncan Wedderburn, which he's a fucking idiot. It's great. He's an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I saw him in the trailer, I couldn't, I was thinking, like, okay, either this guy's going to be a moron or the antagonist? He is, as described by Max, I think it was Max, a cad and a rake. <laughs> a cad and a rake? What the hell kind of insult is that? Victor- the whole film's full of insults like this. I love this movie. I love the dialogue in this movie. Half of what <laughs> I got for notes are just quotes from the movie. Yes. <laughs> but when they draw up, because or- originally Max and Bella are getting betrothed at Godwin's suggestion, and they bring Duncan in to draw up a contract, and when he sees how weird the conditions are, he's like, I have to meet the woman who's inspired such a weird thing. And while he's climbing up the stairs, he just slips and falls. Oh my. <laughs> and nothing comes of it. It's just a moment to emphasize that he's a fucking clod. He's a fucking <laughs> idiot. He can't even walk up the stairs correctly. Hmm. He's an idiot. He's dumb. So they go to Portugal and they go on a whirlwind thing and then it starts falling apart because she starts to realize he's a vapid, empty, fucking nothing burger of a man. But that's after many bouts of what she refers to as furious jumping. Fe- oh. Oh. <laughs> which, which is a pretty good way <laughs> to put that. Yeah. I don't remember in what context she said nothing but sugar and violence, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, that's what she, she... She walks out of the hotel room while... Duncan's asleep, and she just shoves a bunch of tarts in her face, watches some domestic violence unfold, comes back, and she goes, I found nothing but sugar and violence. (laughs) Ah, so you two are a fan of the Powerpuff Girls. (laughs) No, that's sugar, spice, and everything nice. (laughs) Also, when she's still developing language skills, and Duncan invites her to come with him, she says, Bella, not safe with you, I think. (laughs) I wrote that down. That stuck with me. Yeah. Your sad face makes me feel angry feelings for you. (laughs) No, he's an idiot. He starts getting way too attached. Ends up basically kidnapping her on a boat. Oh, nice. It's supposed to be a spontaneous romantic gesture. And instead she makes... Instead it's a spontaneous kidnapping? (laughs) Yeah, something like that. And she makes Mm. friends with this old lady who's super cool, who I don't remember who plays her, but her name is Martha. Why did you say that name? Hannah Shagula? Shagula. I don't know how you pronounce that. I apologize. As Martha Vaughn Kurtzrock. Okay. No, she's super cool. Uh, she helps Bella discover some personal enlightenment 
Uh, her friend, Harry Astley, played by Gerard Carmichael, is a major cynic and ends up also, unfortunately, helping to shape Bella's worldview in a more negative extent by showing her the banal cruelties of man and what they're capable of. And it's actually pretty sweet because she's very upset by it, and he apologizes, and she goes, you were just trying to help, and he goes, no, actually, I did it just to hurt you because mm. I couldn't believe that you actually thought that man time was this great, so I just... But it was wrong. What I did was wrong. And he apologizes, and it's actually pretty sweet. Hmm. But the damage is done. Right. So then, she ends up in Paris. Her and her and Duncan are both stuck in Paris because they got thrown off the ship because she gave away all of his money. Okay. She wanted to try to help the poor. Aww. Yeah, she just handed it to a couple of sailors who end up not... It, it's not stated that they just ran away with the money, but it's it's pretty heavily implied. Right. So... They end up stuck in Paris with no money, and then Bella starts whoring herself out Mm. at a brothel. Oh, boy. And Duncan does not approve of this, so she basically tells him to kick rocks. (laughs) The experience of repeatedly having sex for money ends up taking its own toll. Right. Leading to this great line, my empathy is creeping towards what I would describe as contemptuous rage. I know someone whose life tagline could be that quote. That's me at the end of every week. (laughs) I don't remember who said beady eyes and hard questions. Mm. Huh. No, and it's actually really funny because she starts making proposals of how the system should work because the brothel is basically the guy comes in, picks a lady, they go upstairs, they have sex. She goes, wouldn't it make more sense to have the women choose and then you have some sense of desirability and the boss points out that's not how it works. The boss is a... The boss is a woman running the thing. She's also not great. But it's really funny because then later a little bit later when she's talking with her next client, she proposes starting with him telling her a childhood memory. She tells him a joke (laughs) and leads to a better experience. And I just wrote down, it's all about the incremental positive changes. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about the little things you can do to improve the system, you know? (laughs) Right. So she ends up coming back to London because Godwin is sick and dying because... His whole body is failing, and he's a mishmash of body parts, and he's got cancer. Mm. And that's when she finds out that she was actually a baby's brain put in her mom's body. Mm -hmm. For which she kind of still resents Godwin, but makes peace with it. Oh, okay, I was going to say, it's like, and I I was going to assume, and she does not take that well in the slightest. She doesn't take it particularly well, but she also, as she puts it, I forgive you for the act, but not for the deception, or something like that. Right. She ends up agreeing to go through with marrying Max because he's actually, he doesn't care or blame her. He doesn't blame her for the fact that she slept with a bunch of guys, only expressing some mild jealousy of the guys. Right. (laughs) Being a completely unrealistic man in Victorian era, whatever it is. Yeah. (laughs) Godwin has a speech leading to, my father always said, always carve with compassion. He was a fucking idiot, but it's not bad advice. Bella and Max are about to be married when her body's former husband, Alfie Blessington, shows up at the wedding to bring her home. She agrees to go with him, only to find out he's a terrible fucking prick. Oh, boy. He's a he's a former general. He is condescending. He's sexist. He's demeaning to the staff. At one point, he orders one of the maids to bring in a bowl of soup. 
and then has the dog startle her just so she'll spill it. Mm. He constantly pulls guns on them because he's always afraid of an uprising. Right? Yeah, no. Absolutely despicable a human being has no intention of letting her leave. But she turns the tables on him, gets him to shoot himself in the foot. Nice. Then brings him back to her old home, where she was staying with Godwin, has Max sew his foot up so he won't die. But then, uh, takes his brain out and replaces it with a goat brain. <laughs> so he can't hurt anyone else. I don't... Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that, because on one hand, that is horrifically unethical. That is a prick. Who cares? But I, but on the other... Yeah, as I say, but on the other hand, I also don't have a problem with that. <laughs> nah, he's a prick. Mm. And, uh, yeah, then it ends happily ever after, pretty much. Oh, well, that's good, at least. And I've left out some stuff, but... <laughs> right. Oh, well, I, I, had a, I had a real good time watching this. This was weirdly fun, mostly for all the dialogue. As I say, I can only imagine how much crazy-ass dialogue is in this movie. Like, despite being in the process of dying, Godwin still shows up to walk her down the aisle, and he's, he mentions he's on heroin for energy, amphetamines <laughs> for the pain, and cocaine, because I'm partial to cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. As one does. This is a this is a delightful dialogue movie. Hmm. Okay. And it's also uncomfortable, and it's also weird, and yeah, uncomfortable is a word. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just like I feel like for as good as this movie sounds, uncomfortable also just describes the movie in its complete entirety. Which is something else considering how often Emma Stone is topless in this. Oops. Okay. <laughs> Then I come away going, huh, yeah, no, that was, that was gross and uncomfortable. Right. Is, I think, a testament to this film. And again, everybody does a damn good job in it, so. Right, right. Once again, I reiterate, this is definitely worth checking out. As for next week, the obvious option is Argyle. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it very much is. The other option, besides that, is a movie called Scrambled which is a comedy-drama film about a broke single 34-year-old who decides to freeze her eggs. Hmm. So, yeah, almost definitely Argyle, but if I get a chance, I might try to check out Scrambled, just on the grounds of trying to check out more things this year. Right. So we'll see. Yeah, fair. I mean, I, I think Argyle is definitely a safe bet with me as well. Yeah, we'll coordinate. In any case, thanks so much for listening, everybody. I already did the like, comment, subscribe bit, so I'll... Well, I just guess I just did it again, technically, but we're also on, I'm on Twitter, at least, at the Scarlet Troll. Our podcast is also on uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, all that good stuff. Oh, RSS, yeah. you know. I got links in the description. Hell yeah. But this has been Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And we'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye!